It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pitbox podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. On this final episode of 2022, we are going to talk about the championship race at Phoenix and the lack of drama or excitement that occurred there at the track. Josh, how are you doing on this final podcast of 22 evening? Bittersweet. We made it to the end, though. So 20, 27 episodes the first year. Pretty, pretty successful, I'd say. Pretty solid. I I honestly didn't know if we'd make it that far. We started out. <laughs> we started out and wasn't sure if we were going to make two, you know, after the first one. Uh, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's grown and uh, we've gotten a little better each week. It's all we can ask of ourselves. And you know, let's wrap this up with a with a good one. This goes out to our our friend of the podcast slash your dad, Steve. We're like a fine bottle of wine. It just gets better with time. <laughs> and we've just so. started and we just started. So um, before we continue, just want to say one last time for 2022, a big thank you to everybody that has supported us, has participated in the league this year, whether that be, you know, just the the league, listening to the podcast, interacting with us on Twitter, coming to hang out with us at the West side. All that stuff is is really awesome, and I'm glad that we were able to be a part of that. And the the reason that we had so much fun was because ever because everybody was was so involved and, and made it that fun. So thank you so much. Couldn't have done it without you. And and now that the season has has actually ended, uh, with this you know as we wrap this up, we can begin to look towards next year. Believe it or not. And so if you were a part of the league this year, you don't have to do anything. We will notify you when registration for uh, 2023 season is open. But if you know some uh, friends or family, it's not too early to start recruiting. If you got some people that we want to get in this league next year, send them over to atopthepitbox.com. They can complete a form at the bottom of the page, and we will include them in our email notifying everybody that the the 2023 season uh, is now open. So uh, never too early to start looking towards building the league for next year. And and then just again, on the top the pitbox.com, we do have current stats for this uh, 2022 season, historical stats and, and all kinds of good stuff. So please uh, check that out. Okay, so let's get into our last uh, NASCAR news for the for the year. And unfortunately, we have some 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 sad news. Sunday morning, before the race, uh, Coy Gibbs passed away. Yeah, it's really really sad and unfortunate. There, Josh Coy Gibbs is the father of Ty Gibbs and the son of Joe Gibbs. Uh, and for those of you that do not know Joe Gibbs, he owns Joe Gibbs Racing. He was a Super Bowl winning head coach for the Washington Redskins and has uh, done a really, really good job in NASCAR. But 
Uh, Coy Gibbs passed away in his sleep Sunday morning. He was only 49 years old. Uh, it's just really a sad deal. Uh, Saturday, Ty Gibbs wins the Xfinity Championship. They all celebrate as a family, take a picture on the finish line. Uh, you know, they're, they've got the highest of highs. Their son just won uh, basically the JV Championship. And then the next morning, he, he is no longer here. So um, I feel bad for Joe Gibbs. I feel bad for the entire family. Joe Gibbs lost his other son at age 49 as well. So it's, it's almost like the family is somewhat cursed. You know, both sons uh, passed away at age 49. So, uh, again, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, all within a span of call it 12 hours. So our condolences go out to Joe Gibbs and all, all of Joe Gibbs racing and all the, all the families that are involved there. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that that family is going through and to to experience the being on top of the world and then having that taken away from you. Um it's it's hard to hear. You felt bad for for Ty Gibbs, you felt bad for for the Joe Gibbs racing family. Um as a parent, that's that's something that hits home and and is just is really truly heartbreaking and um kind of kind of brought a black flag or black cloud over over the pre-race um i know they think they, they came out with a statement saying ty gibbs wasn't going to race and kind of everybody kind of was unsure what was going to happen and and then it was announced that his dad had passed away and christopher bell ended up running but um it was a, a tough day for the for the gibbs family overall well, and so Ty Gibbs was scheduled to race in the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday, but Daniel Hemrick filled in for him um, as a substitute driver. So uh, obviously he, he had to go and spend time with his family. So they did race. Um, so we'll get into that now. Uh, the final race of, of the 2022 season, race for the championship. And unfortunately, in my opinion, it it kind of lacked the excitement and the drama that I think most of us were hoping for. Overall, it was an okay race. Um, but Zach, what are your overall thoughts on the on the championship? That was uh, pretty boring, and it's unfortunate that it happened to be the championship race. Phoenix historically has been a pretty uh, fun race to watch and a fun race to to be a part of. Uh, the restarts obviously were probably the highlight for me with. Drivers going three, four, five wide. Um, but other than that, uh, cars got spaced out. There really wasn't a lot of passing. And Logano, give props to him. He basically had the dominant car all day. Uh, Blaney was his real only threat. And it, to me, almost looked like there might have been some team orders there where Blaney just, he, he didn't pass Logano uh, and just rode second. So, uh, again, overall, pretty lackluster race and it's sad that there was a championship race uh for how boring it turned out to be kind of fitting that the last race of the year was boring we've had so many kind of duds this year and kind of caps the 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 way that the the racing went all all season so as we look at the storylines you know being in the championship race and and there were four cars that were really battling uh, on the track there. Not a lot of storylines, but the main one and the biggest one, Joey Logano winning his second championship 
man, he had a dominant car, like I said, all day. He really was kind of the class of the field. Um, you could tell that, you know, during pit stops, they were making the right changes. They were making the right adjustments and, and they were just extremely fast. Uh, like I pointed out a little bit earlier, it seemed like Blaney might've been his only competition. Uh, and I don't know if there was any team orders involved or not, but uh, Blaney caught him. And then it's almost like he just was fine riding around in second place. But with that I don't said, know if you heard his, uh, if you heard his interview, I don't know if he was fine riding behind him i so i didn't hear his interview did he did he say something to the effect so they, that, that was so he he basically was like we didn't win and he, they asked kind of like asked him actually let me pull that up and let's see if i can uh if i can play that visibly upset after leading over 100 laps and finishing second of day ryan let's see uh, nature of your anger didn't win obviously dumb question uh really Whoa. good menards Ford all day, just um, didn't get the lead on the restart and couldn't uh, couldn't pass anybody. Did you have the car to win, and and did you not pass your teammate on purpose? We had the car to win, and couldn't get by him in dirty air. That's Ryan Blaney, obviously not pleased with the results today. And then, if you saw his facial expressions, it is uh, tells even more <laughs> to, to that. So there were there was definitely team orders that he he was not allowed to pass, which sucks. Like Joey Gatto still would have won the championship. Blady would have got the, his first one of the season. Why not? Why not let that happen again? This is why I hate this stage racing format is team orders. And it turns out most of these races, it's not true racing. Uh, the format's fine. It's the team orders that, that but the team me. orders are due to the format. Like, that's I mean, they could all is. just, they could just all race as hard as they could every race they i mean the team thing if if the stage racing type format wasn't involved and the three races to then advance to the next round if all of that was gone and it was based all on points i think you would see a much better racing product in regards to no team orders until maybe the last race of the year still i mean i don't know but stage racing unfortunately have a hard time uh getting that you're gonna have in the bottle I know you you have team orders because of the product uh, and format of. So, but here's NASCAR. my here, but here's my thing. Why not? If you could eliminate one of the two, the the stage racing and the the playoff structure is exciting. It's 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 a it's an exciting format. But when you have a handful of teams that are controlling multiple cars, that now they have to to think about their overall team versus each individual team. I mean, if I'm getting rid of one, I'm getting rid of the team orders and everybody just race as hard as you can. And let's have 36 individual teams ready to go. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's much easier said than done, but I I don't disagree. The format's fantastic from a fan standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, but unfortunately you've got the team orders and you've kind of got politics that are involved in racing and it's not really racing. It's, it's unfortunate that it is what it is. It's to me, it ruins the product on the track and it kind of ruins the, the fun and excitement, but um, that's what NASCAR created. And obviously they're not going to change it. So overall, I'm pretty happy for Logano. Uh, had a good year, pretty solid year, kind of uh, other than that Blaney incident early, kind of flew under the radar with, you know, no incidences, couple wins, you know, finishing in the top, but 
You mean you mean uh, Byron incident? Oh yeah, did I say did I say Blaney? Yeah, I, I was say messed man, up I, all the time. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't know where you're going with time. that, man. I was just every, like uh, all the time. I mix it. Byron. No, sorry, Byron. His incident with Byron early in the year. Other than that, you know, kind of laid low. Um, so overall, I, I he was one of the drivers that I kind of was indifferent on, and then we went and saw him Bristol, and he did his pre-race uh, interviews and was just funny and relaxed and and cool i he, he kind of grew on me uh and and so i'm not i'm not upset him being the champion for this year so you know where i stand i i've not been a big joey logano fan for a long time <laughs> um but as i've told you and norton when we went and listened to him live during that driver uh q a he grew on me a little bit and it pains me to say that, but then you do some more research and like Truex, who's my favorite driver is pretty good friends with Logano from everything that I've read and can tell. I mean, he always walks in his, his girlfriend's charity walk for cancer research and stuff like that. Um, and he does seem like a, just a down to earth type of guy where he loves to, to have fun. But as soon as he gets in that race car, he changes into a completely different guy which I mean, that's what you have to do if you want to compete at the highest level of, of racing in, in America. So uh, I don't have any problems with Logano winning. At, at, like you said, he, he had one dust up with Byron. After that, he pretty much raced uh, clean, wasn't involved in anything that's, you know, stands out in my mind uh, after that. Uh, so I do think he is a deserving champion and Again, it pains me to say, but he he has grown on me as well uh, since we saw him at Bristol. The 22 car wins the championship in 2022, so a little a little poetic justice there. Yeah, and I think I think Bob Pockras put out something that this is only maybe the second time uh, that the car number and the year like match for the champion, if that makes sense. So then the other only real storyline to come out of uh, the race was the drama if you can call it that uh between elliot getting turned by chastain on that restart so what are your overall thoughts and and how do you view that that accident i've watched the replay a few times and i honestly think that chase is at fault on this one uh, when I when I first saw chase live, fans I was, aren't gonna chase fans are not gonna want to hear this. I understand that, but when I watched when I saw it happen live, I was like, "Oh God, Chastain <laughs> championship race just took out a championship contender." But you watch the replays, and Chastain had gotten position on Elliott from my view uh, on his left side, and it looked like Elliott went down to almost block, and Chastain did lift and ended up turning. Chase Elliott and that obviously ruined Chase Elliott's day or chances uh, of winning the championship. Uh, it was good hard racing from my perspective. Uh, it's unfortunate that Chastain was the one that is involved because obviously he has made the headlines all year with how aggressive uh, he's been driving as well as the mistakes he's made. Uh, with that being said, do you see it differently or do you agree? I told you Chase Elliott fans weren't going to want to hear it, but you are right. It, it, I do think it was Chase Elliott's fan. As a Chase Elliott fan, I think it was his. It, it wasn't necessarily, I guess, it was his fault, but he it, he was to blame for putting his his car in that position. It wasn't Chastain's fault for hitting him. 
Um, it's funny that it was Chastain to kind of put a bow on this season and have him just have one more little dust up with a, with a, you know, a top driver, but yeah, it looked like they kind of both went to the same position and Chastain got there first. Elliot tried to get in there and just wasn't clear. So I, unfortunately for, for Chase, it kind of ended his day and, um, really wasn't in contention at all after that it was a couple laps down and and it was just unfortunate you want to see all your playoff drivers you know towards the end there towards the race especially chase elliott but wasn't meant to be so just you, uh, uh another another feather for chastain to put on his cap yeah and if you think about the playoffs i mean chase elliott had probably the most one of the most dominant regular seasons in regards to fantasy and then come playoff time, it's like he flipped a switch and wanted no part in racing for a championship and racing for wins. I don't know what exactly happened there, but Hendrick perform Hendrick Motorsports' performance during the playoffs, minus the one Kyle Larson win that I can remember off the top of my head, uh, it was not a good playoff format, or it wasn't a good playoff uh, run for Hendrick Motorsports. So Hendrick Motorsports has been the dominant team in in the cup series right in the last few years is that accurate well yeah i mean they won they had been back-to-back champions with elliot and larson they were trying to defend that with elliot so, again so does this is this just they can't win it every year or is there reasons to be concerned with this new car and and you know the leveling of the playing field from from that kind of standpoint if you're a, a Hendrick fan, is this is there a concern? I would say there's there shouldn't be much concern, but they should be definitely disappointed in their performance over the last 10 weeks. I mean, they are the best team in NASCAR. They've got the best resources, they've got the best people. I do think they're gonna make some some big improvements over the offseason. So they're they're gonna come out swinging next year. Um with that being said, again, this car has leveled the playing field with all of the other teams. So maybe those extra resources and, and maybe that extra money that they've had in the past and and have put it to good use, which has then allowed them to separate themselves from their competition. Maybe that's just not possible anymore with this new car. So I guess we'll see uh, next year. And, and if they have another down year next year, then maybe you start to raise uh some some alarm bells and red flags but uh i've got confidence in, in jeff gordon and, and rick hendrick and what they've got going on there that they're going to come out and have another strong year next year so based on the the year with this new car and the parody that it has brought is that a good thing is, is leveling the playing field where hendrick can't buy additional resources or you know get an advantage from that that sense is that an overall good thing given that the product on the track was less than ideal uh, i i guess that's kind of two different questions i i do think it's good that the playing field's been leveled and these smaller call it davids can compete with the goliaths of nascar i think that only makes nascar better and it makes the racing better 
but they've got to fix the car, especially on the short tracks and, and the road courses to allow the drivers to be able to pass cars as well as put a better product on the track. And that is not a, a resource issue. It's not a team issue. It is a NASCAR issue where for whatever reason, this car just isn't suited for the short tracks and road courses, which if you look back on the schedule, the number of short tracks and road courses added to the schedule has been ridiculously high in the last call it five to eight years, because that is what fans wanted to see. And historically those tracks have put on some of the best racing you'll ever see. Well, unfortunately that's not the case with this new car. So NASCAR has a lot of homework to do during this off season to hopefully close that gap uh, and allow that car to perform better on those types of tracks. Yeah, let's hope they're very busy this offseason figuring figuring this out. Looking at the results of the race, uh, Logano dominated stage one, Blaney won stage two, and Logano led the most laps with 187 and was your winner. Let's get to Jeff Gluck's poll. What does uh, What did everybody say about this race? I was very surprised at what this poll showed for Sunday's race. I figured it would be low because of how boring the race was. But according to Jeff Gluck's poll, 28% of voters said, yes, it was a good race. You heard me correctly. 28%. That is the lowest championship race in the history of the poll. And it is the 13th, I guess, highest race or worst race out of 14 for Phoenix. So basically what that says is it was a crappy race. It was boring. There was no excitement. And NASCAR better figure out these short, short tracks or in, um, call it mile, mile type tracks uh, and put a better product on the track. So 28%, that tells me that of all the people that voted in this poll, 28% of them are Joey Logano fans. Because that's the only person that would enjoy this race. I mean, if you're a Joey Logano fan, this was awesome for you. I mean, I, yeah. I think you probably had a great time. Everybody else was, was, I mean, I was hoping for one of those tire issues that we had, you know, back in the beginning of the season I was like hey, I'll take a, I'll take a, I'll take a tire issue right now let's just have something happen um yeah. but that is that is wild uh 28% and the lowest championship race ever huh since the poll was done yeah for his poll it's the worst the worst championship race cuz you got to think Miami Homestead used to be the championship race up until what i say 3 years ago yeah and, and Miami Homestead that was an awesome race that was a fun race to watch and now you go to phoenix where again the restarts are the excitement three four five wide and they were that. exciting i i could watch those restarts all day they were fantastic yeah and unfortunately but there just wasn't many restarts to drum up the excitement so uh yeah it, what a what a downer of a race that's that's basically basically what you could say we get to get to a section that I couldn't wait to get to. So the picks of the race, we both, to be fair, we both picked two. And I had Chastain and Logano, and you had Elliott and Bell. 
And yep. finally, we get a winner. And on the way home from the west side, we stop at our local high V, scoop up a lemon meringue pie. <laughs> and I got to pie you in the face. And uh, if you're wanting the video, it's on our Twitter. It's on our Facebook account. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. But you were a good sport and uh, took it like a champ. It's only fitting that the driver that won the race was your second pick. If we would have just stuck I, to just one pick, it never would have happened. But it's very true. With that being said, you won fair and square. The lemon meringue pie tasted delicious. Uh, the only thing I hated about it is I smelled lemon the entire way home. It looked like I had glue in my hair and on my face from the meringue. Um, but again, all is all all in good fun and and congrats again to you for for choosing uh the winner of that race so now we have to figure out if we're going to do this again a pie in the face or if we need a a a new law or a new punishment or or something for the, yeah, I the think, next year i think so. we should put a poll out to our uh listeners during the off season maybe yeah. before the week before daytona and, and get some input to see what they would like to see yeah I'm not opposed to the pie, but I, I think we might need to come up with uh, something different too. So, so now we turn for the last time to our fantasy discussion. Team average, 65 points. We had a low of 16 points from our boy JP. So he gets another shout out on the last episode of the podcast for the year. And uh, the high score, friend of the show, Tracy Norton, number three, 124 points. So not a good day for that team. But when we look at the final six, we talked about how Logano dominated Phoenix on Sunday. We had the live standings up at the west side on the wall for everyone to see, hoping for some drama. And Taylor Schleiss said, nah, I'm just going to put up 24 points. And have like three of my drivers in the top three and and dominate this day. So Taylor Schleiss is our 2022 champion. So congratulations to him. He was in first place for a long period of time and he broke the the podcast jinx, I think. Is is it safe to say it's done? It, it's definitely done. And if anything, you want to be on the podcast to then hopefully have a chance to win the fantasy league next year so now we're talking about the podcast bump there you go love it so if anything good came out of T taylor winning we've we've uh we got a new thing it's the podcast bump so congratulations to taylor like i said 24 points it was not even close second place was amy weiss uh 57 points so 33 point difference between first and second so just a complete and utter domination for taylor Number three was Adam Studer, 58 points. Number four was a tie between Ryan Brosh, number two, and my bigger sandwich team, both with 67 points. And then in sixth spot was Kinnick Rolfus with 82 points. And that was your, your top six. And then looking at the seven through 10 that made the money, number seven was my even bigger sandwich team. Number eight was Ron Boyson. Number nine was Jasmine Rolfus. And number 10, 
Crazy Dale, number two, gets in the money and uh, sneaks in there at number 10. So overall, pretty good, pretty good uh, final race for for Taylor. And uh, what are your thoughts? Well, like you pointed out, there was really a lack of movement slash uh, anticipation or or anything craziness during the race. Taylor basically uh, grabbed the lead and never never gave it back up he during the never race. So. In, I don't think he was in second place the entire day. Like anytime no. I'd go to look at the at the the score, I'm like, oh, Taylor's up by 30 points. Cool. Yep. And <laughs> you know, he's a rookie. And so I mean, what a year for him. And hopefully uh, you know, he's able to go out there and, and get some of his friends and family and, and kind of tell the story and, and get them to sign up as well. So heck of a first year for Taylor. Congrats again. And uh, again with the race uh being i would call it pretty monotonous slash boring not a lot of movement in the standings uh so not too surprising there so yeah so rookie wins the a rookie wins the league which is pretty impressive congratulations to to taylor congratulations to everybody in the top 10 you look at the risers of the week Brian Brockman went from P15 to P11, so he almost snuck into the money there. Amy Weiss uh, went from P5 to P2, so a nice move for Amy. Even Bigger Sandwich went from P10 to P7, so you just made a little bit of extra money there. And Rob Boyson went from P12 to P9, so he was able to sneak into the money there, uh, gaining four spots. Uh, So congrats to Ron. Look at the fallers. Bigger Sandwich went from P1 to P4. Reagan Rolfus went from P9 to P12, so she fell out of the money. Richard Rady went from P11 to P14. And Adam Hotes went from P17 to P20. So it just wasn't meant to be for Richard and Adam uh, or Reagan. And your team was still able to stay uh, in the top five. Uh, So congrats for the sandwich family slash Rolfus family domination. Not sure we'll see that again, but we'll give it a shot next year. We're definitely going to try next year. Exactly. Looking at the rookies, uh, the final standings are Taylor Slice, obviously leads that with uh, P1. Patrick McMeekin, very respectable P13. Robert Schaefer, number one, P16. David Banger, P25. And JP P34. So that is it. Normally we would preview a race, but we don't have a race to preview. So, what are your thoughts on this season? All I can think of is wow, what a wild season we just witnessed and were part of. 19 different winners, track house racing, getting two teams in the playoffs, essentially being there. Um, I call it their, well, it is their first year with two cars, uh, I believe. Um, I think last year they just had Suarez. Yep. So um, very impressive for Trackhouse to get both cars in the playoffs. Hendrick lacked a domination that we've seen in years past. Kyle Busch leaving Joe Gibbs Racing after, I believe, 15 years of racing with Joe Gibbs. Um, what a crazy year. and. I'm not sure 2023 can top that with the number of winners as well as just 
the note, you know, the craziness and free agency and, and the drama that happened on the track, but uh, I'm, I'm sure going to be there to, to follow next year and watch it and see if, if next year can live up to anywhere close to what the 22 season was. So I, I can't wait for 2023 to get here. It's only call it uh, three months away now. So it's going to go by pretty fast, uh, but overall, probably the craziest year in NASCAR that I can ever remember. And I've been a fan for quite some time. What are your thoughts? So looking back, I just, I think it was just a, a, a fun season. We had a lot of storylines. we had great content for the podcast. Uh, saw a bunch of different winners. So just a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. I'm really looking forward to, the next couple of months in this off season and seeing what they can do with this car. They've got a whole year's worth of data to, to kind of figure out and play with. I, I hope they're smart enough to figure it out. Um, I think if they can just make it just a little bit better racing, I think we can, it'll just make the season that much better. Um, specifically short tracks, got to get that going. That's what everybody loves. That's the heart of, of NASCAR. So if you can't have good races there, it's, going to be a hard task to have a good season if you don't have good short track racing so um got to keep the driver safe but overall it was a good year glad we were able to to do this podcast and and experience this experience it this way with with everybody and uh looking forward to what 2023 come uh what 2023 brings yeah i agree so you look at you look at kind of the end of the season you look at you know moving forward our weekly podcast will not stop during the off season. However, we will be dropping a couple episodes throughout the off season so we can keep the content going. We want to make next year the best one yet. So invite all of your friends, your family, coworkers, anybody else that you think uh, will love fantasy NASCAR and be part of the league uh, and send them to the top to pre-register special. Thanks to Steve and Rob with paradise executive properties. Uh, for sponsoring our podcast. We really appreciate the support and we cannot wait for 2023. All right, Zach, for one last time, we'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple months. See you later, man. It's been a fun ride. Can't wait for next year. The top the pit box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes for up to 19 people, so bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Thank you, my friends! God bless! It ain't your day, I lost my mind.